Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 149, part two. My name is Scribius Pip. I'm answering your questions. I should mention that next week is episode 150, and I've got Huey Morgan of the Fun Loving Criminals. He's my homie. I love Huey so much. He came on my podcast. I then went on his podcast, which is starting soon. And it was amazing. I love the dude. It's a really good chat. Um, and after that, I've got Andrew Beef Johnston, the golf sensation. So that's what's to come. We're brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. This is tough because I keep pushing the merch. But part of me wants to say to you, and it, I don't because I need to earn off merch each month. That helps me pay my bills. But just hold off a week or two, man. <laughs> so, so this is this this advert is an advert for you not going to speechdevelopmentrecords.com for a week or two because in a week or two I'm going to have the new summer merch up and it's the best merch I've ever done. It's possibly the best merch anyone has ever done and we're doing a photo shoot that's going to be the best photo shoot anyone has ever done for some merch. Um I can't tell you much about it cuz it's kind of illegal. <laughs> what we're doing is illegal. But once we've done it, it should be fine, I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, in a week or two, head to speechdevelopmentrecords.com or just keep an eye on my social media because I'll be dropping some fucking bombs. Um, let's go on with part two of Ask Pip. Right, here we are, part two. Let's go. I'm fired up. I feel I'm starting to drop the the the, the atmosphere a little bit at the end of that last one when I was trying to remember how long ago I last shaved. I don't think I was. I don't think I was buzzing enough for it. Graham, are you getting these acting gigs on spec, or are you doing the auditioning route? If so, are you seeing the same faces at auditions? Is there now an awkward a rapport with them? Um. Auditions, dude. I ain't getting shit on spec because I don't deserve sh- a, sh- a shit on spec. I'm no one. I'm brand new t- uh, to this. This is a new industry. My previous experience and 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 the hard work I've put in over ten years in music may get me an audition, but that is it. So taboo. Let's go. Let's go all the way, all the way back to start. Um, King Arthur comes out soon. It might be out by the time this podcast comes out. I got a call asking me to audition for that. I got an email asking me to, to audition for that, and I had to, I had to go in and audition. Auditions are an interesting thing because there's a world of different s- scenarios and situations. For that one, I didn't see any other actors. There wasn't anyone else waiting. I just went in, auditioned, heard I'd got it. The next thing I got was the Bastard Executioner, and that came about because Kurt Sutter was out for dinner with Charlie Hunnam, who's in King Arthur, and we were had been had been filming and Charlie was saying to Kurt, Oh, we've got this guy Scroobius Pip on and he's doing he's doing alright. I mean it's a tiny role. I know they've spent two years editing it, so I don't even know if I'm in 
King Arthur in all honesty they may have have edited my scenes out that is the, is the nature of this business at the early stages as well you'll do your scenes there's no no guarantee they're going to make it in this it's a complex process um so I'm hoping I'm in, I'm in it and either way I've seen the trailer and it looks fucking amazing so I'm going to go and see that um but yeah Charlie was out with Kurt and he was like this guy's Scroobius Pips like kind of he seems good or he seems nice like I'd got on I got on with Charlie. I thought he was a great dude. Um, and he played Kurt some of my music. And Kurt hit me up saying, I'm loving your music. And I hit Kurt up saying, dude, you're one of my favourite writers of all time. The Shield is amazing. The Sons of Anarchy is amazing. And he was like, would you be interested in doing some music for this new sh- a sh- a show I'm doing called The Bastard Execution? And I said, nah, man, I want to be in it. <laughs> so we had a meeting. And then he put me in touch with the casting director and we had a meeting and then they called me in to audition. And on that one, there was a few other, a few other people auditioning that day and I auditioned and, and managed to get it. And with, um, Taboo, as I said in the last episode, I had a, a general meeting and then I went in and auditioned again at that one. There was someone in there before me in general. You only, there's only going to be one or two people there, if any, because often it'll be, there's one coming out as you're going in and one coming in as you're going out, but that's about it. Um, I had an audition for a BBC thing a little while ago, which was really good. Um, I don't know if I can s- s- say much about it. Um, I can probably say it was called called Relic. Um, I, don't, I, I didn't get it, but the script I read was fucking cracking. So I'm sure I'm allowed to say that. So if it does come out, it's cracking go and see it but in that one um i had a lad a young lad who was auditioning for a different role and again often you'll be you the other actors you, you see there aren't necessarily all auditioning for the same roles as you so they'll be auditioning for a, a, a variety of roles that day so yeah i was in there and um and this and the there she a young lad was like i just want to say i've seen you at best of all other times and this and he was the, he was the nicest kid and that was although I didn't get it that was one of my best auditions because <laughs> I'd kind of I'd, I'd had a hype man in 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 the waiting room like just before you like everyone always says auditions is being about being relaxed and confident and going in there and just doing your thing and not 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 worrying if before you can go in you can always have someone sit down and genuinely tell you that they think you're awesome that's a really good start to every audition. So yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, as I said, I've, I've, as I mentioned in the last episode, so you're not to know this because the question was asked before that, but I've had tons of auditions, man, um, since then. And I, I, I genuinely love it. I'm never offended. I think that I was talking to, I think it was Ed Scryan again, um, and he was saying that he thinks I'm, I'll do all right in this industry because of, like my mindset fits it. I'm not offended by not getting um, a roles. I'm excited to get to go and audition because it's fun. It's playing. It's messing about. Um, it's playing with characters. If I don't get the role, that's fine. I'm a six foot four guy with a big beard. Um, that's all right. I can. I might not fit. There might be someone who's a better fit. It may. The example I always think in my head is is Big Brother. I always thought I'd be all right in Big Brother. I, I, I was asked on once, or, or no, I had an inquiry for Celebrity Big Brother, and it's not my thing, but I've, I I enjoy it as a concept. 
And the thing that always gets me is when people are really offended by the nominations. And the my outlook on it has always been someone nominating you to be evicted doesn't mean they hate you. It just means there's other people that they like more. And that's all right. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I don't find that offensive at all. I'm not under the illusion that every room I walk into, I should be everyone's favourite person. You know, there's going to be other people they like more. In some rooms, I'll be everyone's favourite person. In others, I'll be their least favourite. Some, they'll hate me. Others, I'll be their least favourite, but they still really I, I like me, you know? So, yeah. I'm fucking rambling on like a motherfucker. Um, yeah, so in, in short, yeah, I've auditioned. Um, the only one I haven't had to audition for is this one I'm doing now. Um, but that came off the back of they were writing the character and Stevie had talked about me, Stevie Graham, and the writer and director had seen some bits. So they had me in mind when they were developing this new version of the character. So that when they wrote the original short, it wasn't me as such. But when they started to de- develop it, they kind of had me in mind. So that's cool. Um, and one of the things that I have I had sent them to have in mind was, Paul, I've asked this before, kind of, and you answered, but that was like, I like a year ago any chance of an update where are the goddamn corner boys I miss those guys so one of the things I sent them was corner boys which is a a thing that me and Brett Goldstein do um, or did do if you haven't seen them they're online they're all on Vimeo just search corner boys and it's just two guys It's, it's me and Brett on a corner and the basic concept is that we're drug dealers but we've got a boss who's given us all the drugs and we can't we're too scared to go back to him until we've we've sold it all but the the unwritten premise is we're on the wrong corner so we're just drug dealers who have who never have a customer and it's what we get up to and us just chatting and sitting around and waiting and trying to be cool but yeah that's what corner boys is um and we will get get around to some more at some point but we're both really busy we me and Brett hung out three or four times in my brief trip to LA um, and it was lovely because I fucking love Brett and the longer a gap there is between the next corner boys as much as I love it I'll be really happy because it'll be because Brett is fucking killing it out in LA and in the UK and with the stuff he's writing and the stuff he's acting in, he's doing amazing. And I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm getting by. So if there's a gap in Corner Boys and we don't get to film one for a bit, it's because it's cause, cause stuff's going good for us and we're busy. But we will get I get back to it. We've got some good ideas for for where we, we want to go. And John Drever is the third man, is the unseen Corner Boy. And he had a great idea of where we could take it if we were to ramp it up to the next level if we were to do a big kind of either turn it into a series or some kind of extended episode or something then he he had a cool idea of where we can go with that so yeah check corner boys out it's good fun Stuart, is there even a remote chance you will do something related to the beat down again i love the podcast but that was the shit um yeah man there's totally a chance. No, there's not. <laughs> Fuck, I answered wrong. No, the beatdown's done, but I really enjoyed the beatdown. Um, 
Oh, in fact, I've had an idea. So the Beatdown, if you don't know, was a radio show I did on XFM. All of them, all the episodes are now on Mixcloud still. We won a couple of Sony Awards. It was an amazing thing to do. The thing that was beautiful is they gave me freedom to do what I want. And I'm going to slip something in now that I might not be meant to be doing, but I'm going to. So one of the things, I'm going to pause from the questions and play you something. Shit, I don't know if I should do this. I might get in trouble. Nah, fuck it. Let's do it. Um, oh, oh, have a listen to this. I'm going to play you a little, a five minute section from my beatdown show on XFM, and you can listen to them all on Mixcloud. But but this is kind of cool. They allowed me to to mess about with some comparisons of um of acapellas. So yeah, this is what the guy's talking about, and this is what you can listen to on the beatdown. Beat down DNA. Hear that? Scary, isn't it? It's just we're on radio and there's actual silence. Um, just going to revel in that for a second. But I thought it was the best way to tackle this section. See, another thing I haven't mentioned is I'm obsessed with acapellas um, of rap or songs in general. Uh, so I decided the best way to compare these things was to first show you a singer that can use their delivery in a specific way and then illustrate the same thing from a few. Rappers. Um, I'm going to sp- split this, the section, this section into three sections. Uh, first up, I'm going to go for the a driven vocal. Um, and the sung example of that um, I'm going to use is Edwin Starr with 25 Miles to Go. Just drink it in. 25 miles from home, girl. My feet are hurting mighty bad. Now I've been walking for three days and two lonely nights. You know that I'm mighty mad. But I got a woman waiting for me That's gonna make this trip worth a while You see, she's got the kind of loving and a kissing I'll make a man go stone wild So I got to keep on walking mm-hmm. I got to walk on oh, oh, oh. I, 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 I'm so tired but I just can't lose my stride. See, with a vocal like that, you're tapping your feet despite the lack of music. Uh, the way he's just dead on with the, the syllables and everything, it drives you on regardless. Now, the first rap example I'm going to do of that is uh, Dead Prez track, Hell Yeah. Um, at points, you may faintly hear the beats bleeding in th- throughout this whole section, really, from the headphones, but you should get the idea. Come on. Sitting in the living room on the floor, hunger pain got me on some migraine shit, but I'ma maintain. Nigga got two or three dollars to my name, and my homies in the same boat, going through the same thing, ready for a caper, steady plotting for the paper. We've been living in the dark since April, on the candle, gotta get a handle. My homie got a 25 automatic added to the gamble. Nigga get the phone book, look up in the yellow page, let me tell you how we finna get paid. We gon' order pizza when they send the drive up, we gon' stick the 25 up in the face. Let's ride, stepping outside like warriors into the notorious south side. One weapon to the four of us, hiding in the corridor until we see the dark. Dominoes call headlights. White boy in the wrong place at the right time. Soon as the car door open up, he mind. We roll up quick and put the pistol to his nose. By the look on his face, he probably shitted in his clothes. You know what this is? It's a stick up. Give me the dough from your pickups. You ran into the wrong niggas. We running down the block hot with these pizza boxes. So we split up and met back at the apartment. Yeah, see, yeah. you can't help but bob your head to that. Um, it just naturally brings you along. It's all the all the, the syllable placement and the, and the flow. Now, another a rapper that has amazing placement to keep the, the rhythm is beat down regular Aesop Rock. Um, check out this track, um, None Shall Pass, and tell me it even needs a, bit, a beat behind it. 
Flash that buttery gold, jittery zeitgeist with a by the watering hole. Water patrol, water we to heart, Huckabee art fuckery suddenly. Not enough young in his lung for the water wing. Colorfully vulgar poacher at a mulch like I'ma put a pulse at a soldier in bolt. Sign of the time we elapse when a primate climb up a spine and attach. Eye for an eye, but a bug life swamps and vines. They get a rise out of frogs and flies. So when a dog fights, hog tied price, sort of cost the life. The mouse water on a fork and knife, and the allure isn't right. Nope. Score on a war torn beach where the cash cows actually beef. Blood turns wine when a leak for police. Like, that's not a riot, it's a beast. Let's. And eat. I will remember your name and face on the day you were judged by the funhouse cast. And I will rejoice in your fall from grace where it came to the sky like none shall pass. Now, like his regular collaborator LP he always uses echo and effects to really make it flow and and as said hit that beat and keep it all going the final one I want to show in this section um, is basically the classic rap vocal for this example um, despite going over a beast of a beat it forced the beat to ride the vocal rather than the other way around this is the legendary Andre 3000 of our outcast and his opening verse on bombs over Baghdad you can literally dance to this yeah, in slum national underground thunder pals when I stomp the ground like a million elephants, a silverback orangutan. You can't stop a train. Who wants some? Don't come unprepared. I'll be there, but when I leave there, better be a household name. Weather man telling us it ain't gonna rain. So now we sitting in a drop top soaking wet in a silk suit trying not to sweat in summer socks without the net. But this will be the year that we won't forget. One nine nine nine. I don't need anything goes. Be what you wanna be. Long as you know consequences are given for living. The fences too hot to jump in jail. Too low to dig. I might just touch hell. Hot. Get a life not in your sale. Then I might catch you a spell. Look at what came in the mail. I'm scared of some arm and hammer. So go grilling a baby mama. Black hair lacking a pack of peppers. Stack of questions with no answers. Cure for cancer, cure for AIDS. Make a nigga wanna stay on tour for days. Get back home, things are wrong. When not really, it was bad all along before you left ass up to a ball of power. Thoughts at a thousand miles per hour. Hello, ghetto, let your brain breathe. Believe there's always more. Ah! It's just stunning, it's stunning. Um yeah always blows me away and and hearing it roll like that illustrates just the flow and the rhythm of it and that and the relentlessness right that's your lot for today hopefully this small taster has shown you how much of an instrument the voice can be in this here rap game now let's get some music playing before i get kicked off here class is over till next time the beat down with scroobius pip so yeah that was the beat down and i don't plan to do anything more but i really was pleased with where it ended it was i'm proud of every show and they're all on Mixcloud. um so I recommend you go and, ch- and, ch- and check them all out and have them as your as your radio. Zaf, if you could invent a Ben and Jerry's flavour, what would it be? I know you said the new topped one was near perfect, but let's not include that. I did a post about this new topped uh, Ben and Jerry's, and it is it's so good. There's one that's like, a, I think it's a salted caramel brownie. It's It's chocolate. No, it's chocolate with cookie dough chocolate with cookie dough topped and it uh, whatever it is it's amazing um if i was to do and i want you all to hit up a ben and jerry's and demand they give me my own flavor because in america like talk show hosts and that do their own ben and jerry's flavor so tweet a ben and jerry's a uk or storm their instagram and all of you just tell them that scroobius pip should have his own flavor and I'm not going to tell you what that flavour would be unless it comes into reality. So that's 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 why you need to do this. I'll tell you this, though. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm not vegan, but I'd probably do a vegan one because I've had some really tasty vegan ice cream. And I think from a, a business point of view, a, a, a veganism is growing and growing. It's a massive thing. Fair play to them. And Ben and Jerry's did their vegan flavours in America, I think, and they went down a treat and they were delicious. And I think if they did them over here, it'd be huge. So 
I would launch a vegan flavour with Ben and Jerry's, but it, only if we could make it the tastiest ice cream you've ever had. I had this this one the other day. Um, I think it's called Swedish Sw- Swiss Glace or Swedish Glace. Um, and I was eating this choc ice that was vegan, and I genuinely had to check the box to make sure it was it was vegan because I was like, "This isn't vegan, is it? I've messed up here. This isn't." But yeah, it was delicious. Um, yeah. Anyway, but hit up hit up Ben and Jerry's. Hit them up, Benjamin. Are you still doing hit slash CrossFit type workouts? Um, if so, what's your current routine, and do you eat any particular way to go alongside this? Yeah, um, I work out four to six times a week or four to six days a week sometimes I'll do some extra cardio in the evening after my morning session it's all all CrossFit stuff it varies every week my program is put together by um, Sam at CrossFit Chesterley Street so check them out I think it will often be under CLS CrossFit or CrossFit CLS uh, Chesterley Street C yeah CLS um yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Um, I don't plan on ever stopping it. It makes me feel amazing. I feel I'm in the best sh- sh- shape I've ever ever been in. Diet-wise, yeah, I've adjusted that too, despite just talking about ice cream. I have my... I've, 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 I've one or two days at the weekend where I eat what I want, and then in the week, I generally... This is boring for everyone, but I'm, I'm a creature of habit, so if I find food that works well for me that I can do easily like my brother amazing cook and eats really healthy eats really well will spend a lot of time on it will study a lot of different um cuisines prepare everything fresh I'm terrible because I don't make the time for that and I've been careful on that because I would you could say I don't have the time for that no 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 I don't make the time for that so what I have in the morning I'm a big fan of my, of my protein stuff. Um, on my, if you want to get some of my protein stuff, go on my uh, Facebook, click on the pictures, scroll down until you see a picture of a load of my protein cookies and stuff, and use my link. I've got a link basically. If you buy my protein f- through my link, it won't cost you any more, but I'll get a kickback, and you get a discount by doing. I think it's Pip Ten, but it's all in the picture. Um, but I, it's what I order with. That's why I know how to find it. <laughs> like you genuinely. In fact, I can tell you that the picture was posted in. You have to scroll back to August 2016 because it was a picture I posted. Again, I've got this the this kind of deal where it's a I get a kickback, but it's not something I push all the time. I don't want to push anything on you guys. I don't. I like social media feeling like I'm s- selling to you all the time, but I do know a load of you enjoy the my protein stuff, so. A load of you have asked me, and, and and you know where to find it now, and you go and order f- through there, so that's cool. But um, yeah, in the morning I have a my protein brownie, and I have the pre workout gel, and it's this gel that's got a bit of caffeine in it and a few different things that's that's good for preparing you. And then about half hour after that, I do my morning workout, and that will vary. It's always from from CrossFit Chesley Street. Uh, my meals, I have. At lunch, I've got this particular pre-made kind of frozen chicken breast I like. So I have two frozen chicken breasts. It's bird's eye chicken char grills. I'm not sponsored there, but I have the one that's not got got any kind of extra sauces on. It's quite healthy, and I have some veg with that. 
And then in the evening, I have two dinners. I have, I have dinner one and dinner two because I think it's good for your body to eat small and often. And dinner one and dinner two will be identical. So I'll have a bit of fish and some veg. So again, it's this specific... I think it's a, a Young's fish that I found that is is really is is it's coated, but it's not got tons of badness in it. So I'll have one of them, and again a packet of st- st- steam veg, and then for dinner two I'll have another one and a packet of st- steam veg. Now then, my meals throughout the day I will snack on my protein brownies, on the skinny brownies from my protein. And I've got a sweet tooth, you see. That's why I go for all the, the sweet ones on that. And the clusters. I like their clusters. Um, so, yeah, all this, this isn't telling you how to live or how to eat, but this is what I eat and what my, my freezer is full of those char grills, those fish, and those steam veg. And basically, it's all because of, 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 of convenience. If I'm out and about and I'm in London, again, I live in Essex, so I'm not somewhere that's got tons of amazing, great, healthy cuisine on your doorstep. When I'm filming in Leeds, I'm excited about that because in Leeds there's actually some really good places to eat um, um, that are healthy and some really good good cuisine. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. So I won't be doing my specific eating regime then. But when I'm at home and I'm working a lot, it's easy to have this this, this stuff in the fri- in the freezer, and it removes the thing I have to think about. So yeah, there you go. That was a boring as fuck answer, Ben. Morning, Pip. Um, how would you advise someone to get better at rapping? Any techniques you use to become more coherent? Any exercises to improve your oral dexterity? Um, I've not got anything specific to tell you, other than the thing that I always did was just learn other people's raps and complex ones. Um, and me and Chris used to annoy... Uh, me and Chris have annoyed Stu Whiffin with this on the on the car home drunk from um from where our lizards before but even when we were doing the relying on the kindness of strangers tour that i talked about 10 years ago the one that we were doing it was an anti-pop consortium bit it was my body your body nobody anybody not the best but do my best to get better better to move the body so it was again it's just the bits that are kind of tongue twistery and the one that we were doing on the drive back from um a, a, a lizards once is in my opinion like the greatest bit of the greatest tiny chunk of, of rapping ever um, from Big Pun. Um, what's it called? It's a big pun in everything you do. I can't think of that. I, I, I name the song. But it's the bit that goes, um, dead in the middle of little, 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 did we know that we riddled to middle men who didn't do diddly. And it's a simple little bit, but things like that, I guess, are good practice. And it, it gets you in that habit of, of delivering and being coherent, I guess. So that's my answer to you. Ryan, with your acting career gaining more traction and with Kate Tempest writing, etc., and Polar Bear's recent Dark Corners, any chance of some creative collab from you all? Man, I'd love that. Um, Kate Tempest and Polar Bear are two of my favourite Distraction Pieces podcast episodes, so go and check them out. But they also happen to be two of my favourite people and two of my closest mates. And we don't get to catch up all the time, but that's not... A measure of closeness, in my opinion. Um, they're two of my closest mates, but equally two people who inspire me the most because I think they're doing amazing stuff. So I'd, I'd, I'd love us to all come together on a project at some point. Uh, we talked years ago of when we're older, we want to come together and just do 
a rap group, and it'll just be us three. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be oh, once we're all done with all our little solo daliances um, and, and running off and doing all these different things, we'll just be old and we'll just rap, and it'll be great. But I love the idea of doing as as, as something else um, in that realm. So yeah, that'd be lovely. Aiden. Do you feel you've developed a persona on the podcast at all? And if so, does that affect your relationship uh, with your ego? Man, that's a deep question. I don't, I don't really have, I don't know what my relationship with my ego is. Um, a persona, I don't think so. I think generally when people talk to me in real life, they feel I'm similar to the podcast. I think one of the reasons for doing the drunk casts was to get, uh, 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 one of the reasons I'm on social media a lot early on was to get across. Oh, I'm hiccuping and burping. This is gross. Um, to to get across a greater interpretation of who I am, good and bad. Um, because early on, a few songs like "A, Le- a Letter from God to Man" and "Thou Shout" and things like that would have people think I'm maybe better than I am or a better person or more well-educated or more well-read or whatever else um or more conscious or all these all these the, these different things more righteous so I've always been one for like look I, I, I don't know I want people to to get as clear a perception of who I am as possible and then the, they can love that or they can hate that or whatever but that's cool at least it's 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 loving or hating something closer to a reality um, than a fiction potentially made off the back of a particular song or a particular thing. Um, so yeah, and the podcast is, is, is similar to that, and the drunk cast in particular because it's me messing about with, uh, with, uh, with my mates and being dicks. That the drunk cast in particular, that's exactly how we were at the British Podcast Awards last night. There was no difference. There wasn't. There were no microphones in front of us, but 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 nothing changed. So yeah, um, but yeah, I don't think a persona is put on for the podcast or changes. I think I think we all change our persona in, in different scenarios and situations, right? So I think that's that's a thing. Um, I think I'm different. This is going to be extreme examples, but at any time I've met a, a girlfriend's parents, I like sl- slightly different to when i'm around chris and stew i say slightly massively different because yeah that'd be horrendous but yeah i think i think we all adapt and change or if i'm on my own in out and about the way i'll interact and and be and and and, and talk even is is, is slightly different to, to where i'm surrounded by a group of friends i think there's always those changes and developments adam spencer number one Favourite musician of 2016-17. I mean, it's tough because when you've got a record label and you're releasing something, you you end up up listening to that a lot and become biased to it. But the POS record is just blowing my mind. And it sounds like promo, but a lot of you will know that up until this record, Speech Development had no relationship with POS. I mean, he, he was on Let Em Come. But other than that, all you will have heard me talk about is how much of a, f- a fan I am, I am of that dude. Um, his never b- b- better album is in my top five rap albums of all time, and this new one might challenge it, man. Obviously, it's I, I'm always as we did with. If you heard me on Hardcore Listing, 
one of my top TV shows of all time. I wouldn't allow anything in that was that had only had one series because that feels like right. You've this is feeling good, but let's let some time settle on it. So um, yeah, I'm a massive a, a fan of the dude, and and when he hit me up asking if I'd do the UK release in collaboration with Doomtree, I was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. So POS at the moment of this year, um, I'm re-listening to a lot of Donald Glover of, of Childish Gambino recently, but yeah, other than that. It's probably POS. Um, a f- favourite fight of 2016 or 17. I don't know, man. I watch them all. I love it. I love the sport. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on on favourite uh, a f- a fight. There's so many to choose from. I'm going to pick that Ryan Hall fight of, of from a little while ago that I watched and was like, this is one of the most interesting fights I've seen in the last year. And then I went online and everyone's reaction was that was the worst fight ever. But I loved his... I love his style. It's complicated. He was... I tried to talk about it on the drunk cast, and everyone sh- sh- shit on me, the pricks, on the Christmas drunk cast. Um, but in brief, his style, he's 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 a leg lock guy and a, a, a ground game guy. And his style, he was doing a lot of, of, of rolls to try and get locks. But equally, as soon as his opponent would pressure him, he was dro- dropping to the ground, just going limp. And it was, I've never seen that. It was a really interesting style and I like seeing the chess game of trying to calculate that, but I won't talk about it anymore because people always hate on me for it. Um, if you could only choose two martial arts to be an expert at for an MMA fight, what two would you choose? Hmm. That is tough. I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I'd go there, but to put one with that, it's tough. I'd, I'd probably add, if it's expert... I'd add, I'd, I'd I'd have wrestling in there regardless because if I'm if I'm picking Brazilian jiu-jitsu, then if I'm an expert at getting people on the ground, I can tap them out. If I'm picking, for example, karate, if I'm also an expert at wrestling, I can keep it on the feet and do defensive wrestling. So wrestling with either karate or BJJ, because that way I can either keep it on the ground and choke you, or keep it on the feet and knock you out. They are my choices. I've been Scroobius Pip. No, it's not over yet. We've got loads left. Stephen, any plans to take the podcast on the road again? Attended Glasgow last year and it was a fun night out, maybe with a guest or two. Um, there's no plans to take it on the road at the, at the moment. I did that purely with the release of the book. It was awesome. It was amazing t- to see the turnouts and reaction. The Distraction Pieces podcast live show is closer to Ask Pip than to the regular episodes because... I don't, like you mentioned some guests, I wouldn't particularly want guests at the live show because the thing I, where I think the Distraction Pieces podcast stands out is we get these really relaxed and intimate interviews and you'll get people talking about stuff they maybe I wouldn't talk about. That goes out the window if you're you're put them on stage. You know, people ask if I'd, I'd ever... I film the podcasts. It's 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 a psychological choice. I don't film them. I use I carry around these ridiculously heavy table a mic stands so the guest isn't having to hold a microphone. I don't have a producer. Um, I try to record them either at the person's home or at my home or in a hotel room. If I have to, I'll use a studio. But in general, I try and avoid a studio. And all of that is is is, is psychological cho- and conscious choices to try and get 
it to be a relaxed conversation between two people rather than a recorded conversation that's going out to hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and yeah, I feel that would be lost completely in, 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 in a live one. If there's a guest, I don't see myself particularly as a journalist or a host or anything like that. I have conversations and tend to get some quite nice intimate stories. Um, so yeah, but if I did do any more live ones, I'd probably, I might drag a Chris or Stu out or along. In fact, I'd like a hardcore listing live show. Um, that's that, that that's far more likely to happen before a distraction piece is a live show anytime soon. Um, obviously, I did that tour. I did the one the year before it as a one-off. Um, but yeah, I can I can see those guys doing one because I really I like the idea of because their shows are based on top fives and discussing top fives. So if they've got a room of people who've written down on a bit of paper some top fives that they'd, they'd like to, to discuss. And those two are just, just sitting there getting drunk. That's a really engaging sh- show and people getting involved. Yeah, I think it'd be good. But yeah, no real plans. The Dave Fensum. Um, now you've put out the POS record. What are the chances of a tour? Are you likely to put out any other dome tree releases or was this a one-time deal at the, at the moment it's in reality it's probably a, a, a one-time deal i love doom tree i love all they're doing but releasing records isn't easy and it's expensive and you know it's not really always something you're going to make a profit from um i love pos as a friend and as an artist as i mentioned a million times so i was excited to do this um a pos tour i hope so the plan is to get him over at some point um if any of you can help with that <laughs> if any of you are promoters or or anything like that then he's got a uk agents and stuff so as you can hear from the demand the um, um, amount he's come up in questions on this podcast he the the uk want to see pos so I'd, I'd love to have him over i'd love dolan over again i'd love sage over again i'd love all of them over together i think that'd be an amazing tour but um that then starts to become unlikely because if you've got three artists they're not going to be able to get three headline fees, which when you're bringing them over from America, you need headline fees to, to make it all, 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 all worthwhile. So I shouldn't have said that out loud because now I've got you all excited about a potential tour of all three, which would be pretty much impossible. Um, but yeah, you've asked specifically about POS. I'd love him to come over and tour. He'd love to come over and tour. I know his people, his agents and that are working on it. So yeah, if you're a promoter or you know anyone who's a promoter, then a, a look into it his details are available online in places if you're a promoter you probably know who he's, he's with or whatever else i don't know off the top of my head but yeah look that up get him along um on to the next one claire do you have any regrets if so what's your your biggest regret i answered that that in the last podcast actually so i shouldn't have liked that um the answer was kind of no not really lee my dog frank is a french bulldog he keeps fighting much bigger dogs yet yet leaves dogs around his size alone what's causing that now this is annoying because i liked this one and my plan was to go and do some genuine research and be able to give an answer slickly and be well actually the small dogs will attack our larger dogs as a defense mechanism as they feel that they're a threat to you and you need to be defended by them but smaller dogs they don't and therefore blah blah but, but I forgot to do the research, so I was going to answer it all slick and give a real answer and then just move on. But um, I don't know, man. I forgot to do the research. Um, on to the next one. Jules, hi, Pip. As a fellow DJ, what is your go-to tune to pull a dance floor 
Um, and what are your two back-to-back tunes that you love dropping together? My my go-to is Anti Up, the Buster Rhymes uh, a remix thing. Um, it's a banger. It's an absolute banger. I've, I've literally played it every time I've DJed. I love it. Um, and my two back-to-back, I like mixing... Um, there's a remix that Chris did. So me and Chris did a load of remixes under the name of of, of, of We Are Lizards, and they're all, all mashups. Oh, God, I can't think of who was the ones he did. There's one that we did called Golden Wet, and it was it was Mikachu and... can't think of the rapper's name. Shit, he's really good. I really like him. Anyway, I like to mix that into Millionaire by Khalees and Andre... Th- or 3000 and it always goes down well so that's that's my two back to back but go and check out our we are lizards mix i think we put them on all on a soundcloud so, so there's a soundcloud called called we are lizards somewhere and it's got a load of the mixes and mashups that me and chris made um early on i think that if there's any more recent ones they were mine i just started making them because we just stopped doing them but, but yeah check them out there's some really good ones Jessica, would you ever consider doing a tour through Canada? Um, I've done a couple of shows in Canada. Me and Dan Lassac on the biggest US tour we did. In fact, I did a post about this the other day. It was eight years ago that we played Coachella. How mad's that? Eight years ago. I think it was eight. Um, And we played it and we had a Ram 10 and it was amazing. And it was the same year that Prince played Annoyingly, it was in the middle of our UK tour, so we played Stoke the night before and Hull the night after, um, and didn't get to go and see Prince, but it was amazing. But at that point as well, we did a full tour of America. I mean, we played America a load, but we had this one full tour that we did all of America. We did the Carson Daily Show we went on, We did um, and we did Canada. We did two shows in Canada, maybe three, um, and they were great. I loved it. Um, but I'm off from touring in general at the moment. I've not gigged in two years. I can't see myself gigging anytime soon. I've, I've, I, I will never gig until I've got a new record. And I will only do a new record if I write some stuff that I feel improves upon the catalogue that I've already done. I'm proud of my back catalogue. I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I don't want to add to that just to make some money and to to get some tour dates um equally i'm really proud uh, proud of all the all the touring i've done i spent eight years doing at least 100 shows a year and on some years upwards of 200 shows and possibly touching on 300 shows a one year so yeah i mean and and that sounds unrealistic it's not we would do there was sometimes we'd do over a three-day weekend for four or five festivals or a couple of shows at one festival and so on and so forth so it all it all adds up and then often when we were on tour we'd do we did a few where we had matinee shows at like a uni or something like that so i'm counting all of them um but yeah i gigged a lot and i'm pleased with that and i feel every gig i did i gave fucking a hundred percent and put it all out there and would leave every show sweaty sometimes bloodied and broken i mean I've got wonky ribs, and that's down down to touring, because I broke my ribs and fractured my ribs at shows from going nuts, from crowd surfing, from stage diving, from 
from from from putting a hundred and ten percent into it and not holding back. Um, so so on the on 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 the gigs front, I feel I currently feel I will be buzzed to come back and do new music along with all the old songs. But other than that, I feel man, I've played all them old songs and charged you to see them fucking hundreds of times, man. It feels weird to keep going out and going. Do you want to hear all these again? Well, that'll be a 15 quid or 20 quid or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, there's no plans to tour anywhere at the moment. Um, and again, on, 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 as I touched on there on, on, the, on the music front, I'm proud of my back catalogue. And if I leave it at that, I'm happy with that. Um, I know that I can, I've got an audience, which is amazing. I've worked hard for it, but they're amazing. It's amazing that they're still there. So I know that I can release a record and make some money and tour and make some money, but that's not a reason to release a record and a reason to tour. The money part's cool. I'm not anti-money. I, I like earning money. That's wicked. But um, on the artistic side, on the writing side, I don't want it to be because I know I can can, can sell it or I know there's... De- even, even just because I know there's demand, I want it to be because I know I've got something to say. So, yeah. Johnny. Johnny! Have you found more happiness in your life since achieving some fame and money or is happiness just relative? I was just talking about money. How weird. Happiness is relative and happiness also, I feel, isn't the only goal in life. I've felt a lot of different emotions um, since achieving some fame and money. (laughs) I'm not proper famous and I'm not proper rich, so it's not a a thing. But um, yeah, I've... I think happiness is fucking cool, man. <laughs> but I also think it's not the only emotion, and we sometimes put too much um, on that one goal of, of of happiness being the only important thing. Um, I've had just great sense of pride and achievement that are different from happiness, and I've had great sense of I've been exhausted, but knowing I'm exhausted because I've worked hard on something that means as 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 something to me. I've been battered and broken and bruised and kind of unhappy but knowing that it's for something for a great goal or something that I'm passionate about and that feels great too in the long run so yeah it's it's all relative I have ups and downs man I've I'd say in this music career so in the last 10 years I've had the highest highs in my life and I have 100% had the lowest lows in my life 100% like the last five years even I've had some of the worst times in my life or the worst times in my life, really. Other than, I don't know, we've touched upon before a mate of mine um, dying a while back, and his the anniversary of his death is now my favourite day of the year. It was a few weeks ago, and we had a lovely time around his mum's. We had a barbecue with his, his mum and dad, um, and me and Chris, and our mate Ben, and his everyone. It was great. But, but that happening was obviously very sad. But, yeah, I mean, I'd say in the last five years, I've, I've definitely had the lowest lows in in my life but I'm kind of okay with it it was all I touched upon this before I talk about mental health a lot on the podcast and I always advise people to get help and stuff like that and I've never had any help for my, or never had any professional help for my mental health and it's weird because I've felt I've ne- I don't feel I've ever been what we would label as depressed I've been really low but I've been really low because something really shit's happened and I think that is quite a natural a reaction. And, and that's n- not to say you shouldn't get help or you don't need help or whatever else. I'll talk to people and have advice and, 
and and things like that or vent but yeah yeah it's it's i don't know where i'm going with this but yeah i've 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 had lows i've had highs i don't think it's particularly in relation to any success or fame i guess it's in relation to the work ethic the way i will commit 100 percent of my life to my job of being scroobius pip essentially at the detriment potentially of relationships or other things I like that, which can cause some highs and lows. Um, do you see yourself writing a TV show or screenplay at any point? Yeah, man, I'm working on this script and the plan is for it to be a TV show and it's the thing I'm most excited about. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but I'm really proud of it. Um, and I think it could be great. And I got a kick up the arse from watching Donald Glover make the roles he wanted to be in. I've written it with, there's a character in that that looks a lot like me, weirdly. Um, from Donald Glover, I write in Atlanta and from Michaela Cole, I write in Chewing Gum and from 08, uh, the OA and from, from Fleabag and all these different things where people are, it's created by the individual and the artist. And yeah, it's cool. Sam Marshall of, of, of CrossFit Chesterley Street um, has asked, when was the last time you were starstruck and why? I don't get starstruck that often. Um, the one that springs to mind is when I was working in HMV and N- N- Neil Harris came in, who's a Millwall player. He's, n- he's currently the Millwall manager, but uh, he's a Millwall player. And he was our, he became our all-time top goal scorer and I was a big fan of him. And he came in to buy a DVD or something and I served him at the till. And no one else in the store would know who he was at all, and I could barely speak. I, he, he came out of nowhere, and I was just like, uh, 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 just couldn't get my words out. So yeah, Neil Harris. Ian, I'll start to wrap this up, because we're getting on a bit. Ian, or was it spoken word or hip-hop you got into first, and when did the connection hit you? What hip-hop track first grabbed you? It was 100% hip-hop first. I got into spoken word as 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 a necessity more than anything. Um, yeah, I got into spoken word, but because I live in a small town in Essex and don't know any any producers, so spoken word was something I could do on my own. But it was hip hop. I got into hip hop, and people like Sage Francis and Saul Williams and KRS to an extent opened me up to the idea that you could do spoken word, and they opened me up to to, to Gil Scott Heron and all this kind of thing. So that's where that went. Um, Dex. A last one, promise. I've not answered any of you, everyone. I'm sorry. If someone asks you what you do for a living, or what do you say? It's one of my least favourite questions to get, man, because it is a tough one. I don't know. I do music. It's what I used to say, but now I do podcasts. I do acting. I do stuff. Yeah, I can never answer it, but thankfully, as I keep saying, every time I do an Ask Piff, I sound like a fucking psychopath. Um as I keep saying, I don't socialise that much, so it's not a question I get posed too often. Um, Nathan, if you had the skills and the opportunity to pursue a UFC career, would you do so? If I had in my youth 100%, man, I'd love that. Um, I wouldn't try it now, I'm too old. But yeah, man, it's a sport I respect more than any other and I adore, so I'd, I'd love to have been a MMA fighter. Aaron Parks. You're hosting a dinner party. Who are your ideal guests, dead or alive? <laughs> I got asked this on as a joke one on the hardcore listing. Um, it's a tough one because it's one I always have a joke answer for. And I always list a load of people that I think are horrible and then I select 
dead as a joke. And I think the reason for that is the real answer kind of chokes me up a little bit. Um, cause the real answer would be, um, so Chris from hardcore listing, uh, my mate, Tom, um, who did the music videos and that Tom Coles, um, and my mate Mark Irvine, um, from Mark Irvine Fest, my mate Stu Tell, um, and our mate Jamie Knott, who um, who passed away on his his twenty first birthday, um, because it'd just be cool, man. <laughs> and oh god, I am getting emotional. This is, this is silly, but um, yeah, it's a weird one because. Obviously, I've talked about suicide a lot over the years, and a lot of my relationship with suicide came from losing a really close friend uh, to it, but my relationship with suicide has changed over the years, so it's not that I'm saying I'd want, I'd want Jamie, or I, I'm, 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 I'm angry that he's gone or anything like that. He made his choice, and I believe everyone has their own choice. If your life isn't something that you feel comfortable living anymore, it's, it would be selfish of me to say... I don't care if you're unhappy, I want you to keep living because I want to enjoy your company. Um, so it's not that, but I l- love the idea of, 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 of having him back for one, uh, a meal. Um, cause I'm, oh, oh, fuck it now. This is, this took an unusual turn. Um, cause yeah, I'm really proud of my mates. They're wicked. Um, my mate Tom, who I mentioned there, has got, since our mate passed, he's got he's got two kids. How mental's that? He's a proper grown up, and he's a well good dad. Like um, he's raising him in a really good way and being really conscious. Um, and God, this is ridiculous. Can I put this out? Sure, fuck it. Um, and he's got his business, and he runs an amazing business. He's a photographer, and he's managed to, whilst he's had children, that often makes you have to move away from your passions. He's kept earning and providing for his family with photography and with stuff that he cares about and mate mark he's also got two kids and he's an amazing dad and mark is one that i would never have thought he'd be one that's 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 gonna uh, be one of the first of our mates to settle down but as soon as it happens you're like of course he is um mark is one of the funniest people i've ever known and one of my I'm getting all emotional. This is so rubbish. Um, he's he's one of my funniest mates. Um, he would 100% be part of the drunk cast crew um, if he wasn't a fucking gr- a gr- a grown up and had, go- had gone off and had a family and all that. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool. Stu is another one. Stu Tell, um, who yeah, again, he's oh again, he's one of the the funniest people I know. He's maintained all his kind of outlooks and beliefs from when we were teenagers we have a good chat about wrestling he's got a lovely missus a lovely wife and he works hard and he's he's one of my mates that it felt like it felt like maybe everyone had kind of everyone drifts apart a bit as as they get older and it was as wicked with Stu because he just he's he's met an amazing amazing girl and 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 they got married and yeah it's dope um is that everyone have i listed the four and chris chris is a a, 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 a fucking idiot but chris was of all of us 
the closest to Jay. Um, and a redshift, a rebels was kind of, I believe, an idea that him and Jay originally had, and I think Jay would be mad proud of Chris. Um, it, he'd hate the drunk cast. He'd think we're drunk idiots and we sound like fucking dick. He wouldn't. He'd love the drunk cast. But, but yeah, that's why that would be my top five. But this is a really shit. <laughs> if if this is some kind of ch- a, ch- a chat show or 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 or, or comedy podcast, what would be your top five dinner guests? And I start crying. That'd be kind of average. So yeah. That would be my top five dinner guests. It'd be cool to catch up with Jamie as well, obviously, but he's done f- fuck all in the last 15 years. He's been dead, so fuck's sake. It's not like... The, it's the reason I'm banging on about my, my other mates and all they have done and how proud I am of them. He ain't done shit. Um, but yeah, that would be my top five dinner guests. Let's get the fuck on from this question. So my voice stops wavering. Alex, what made you get into acting? Do you have a favourite type of, of role? Um... I've just always, I love TV and film for most of my music career, or for a big chunk of my music career, I had people like Riz Ahmed and Simon Pegg and others saying, so when are you going to get into acting, man? Because they'd know, I'd nerd out to them about everything they've done and about things that have influenced them. And I'd say, oh, have you seen this film? Because that is reflective of this. I'm I'm a massive nerd for it all. So they kind of asked when I'd get into it. And I was like, I finally kind of, took that jump and it's going better than I could have hoped but you know part of the reason as well is I'm 35 and I don't know I mean there's exceptions there's your Jay-Z's or whoever else but a 40 a 50 year old a rapper I don't know if I want to be that guy man so there's a good time to start start trying to tread another board God, I've I've pulled it together now, guys. For fuck's sake, that was embarrassing. Paul, you obviously appeared on Joe Rogan's podcast. Is there any chance he would appear on yours? I'd love him to. I'm going to be in LA again in a couple of weeks. So um, I'll try and hook that up. I'll, I'll hit you up. But he's a busy dude. You see how much... If you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, you know that he works like a motherfucker. So yeah, he's good. Um, Richard, any chance of a Lissat versus Pip a live album to tide us over slash feed my habit no because we'd stop gigging and we would have had to have already recorded that and we and we haven't so no um barney if slash when you were an unlockable character in a wrestling game what would your finisher be i don't know man i'd love to be an unlockable character in any game i, I tweeted at the other day about um do you remember nba jam you used to have unlockable characters and they had the beastie boys and a few other people I'd love to be an unlockable character in a, in, in a game. In a wrestling game, that'd be amazing. But in any game, yeah, I don't know what my finish would be. I'd have to to watch a lot more. Um, I'd go. I'd get Jim Smallman to send me a load of his PWG and New Japan videos, um, so I can watch and pick a really cool, a cool hipster indie move. Um, Michael. With Chris and Stu's podcast getting bigger and bigger, do you worry about it going to their heads? Yeah, they're pricks. Graham, are you ever going to release part two of the podcast with Tom Coles? It's it's been a while. You, you I, I answered that that in the last one. I'm I'm repeating questions here. Should I start to round things up? What's next? Um, Hannah, 
how long is too long to hold a grudge for? Um, I don't really hold grudges, man. There's, I don't know. Uh, I'm I, I'm not big on grudge holding. I, I've not got anyone in my life really at the moment that I hold a grudge with. There's one person that I've never met um, that I hate and regularly um, lay awake thinking about um, exacting a, a physical pain on. Um, I told you these ass pips always always make me sound like a psychopath. Um, but in general, no, I'm not a big grudge holder. I, there's no one I hate. I, I, I cut people out a lot, or n- not a lot. Um, I believe in life we're too obsessed with having everyone like us or everyone love us or having a millions of friends. I don't really care too much about that. I've, I'd say friends, I've got a small circle, man. Um, of friends I speak to, so not work related, but just friends I speak to on a weekly basis by message, not in person, I'd say it's five or under. It's probably less than five. I can probably think of three, maybe four. Of friends, like on a monthly basis, it's probably only ten. It's them same four or five, so probably only ten over a monthly basis. Again, that's not including family. That's not including a work stuff. Um, of friends I meet in person, I'd say on a monthly basis. Friends I meet up with socially in person, again, you're looking at four or five. So yeah, I keep my circle small and 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 intimate, but it means that people can get offended sometimes. Because if 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 I have a falling out with a friend or whatever, or we just re- or if I have a friend that we realise we're not that tight, or we're not, or 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 I don't know, or we're not helping each other along, I'm quite comfortable with going. All right, cool. Let's let's leave it there, <laughs> and people can take that as being a much harsher thing, but it's not. It's no big deal. But yeah, I don't believe too much in holding grudges. It's a waste of energy for everyone involved. Daniel and Keith have both asked, or one has asked what would make you shave your beard off. One has asked, would you shave your beard off for an acting role? 100% in a second. In fact, I'm fucking gagging to. Yeah, I'd love to, I'm looking forward to a role coming along where it's it's right to shave my beard off and for a few reasons it's only a fucking beard i hate that people get so obsessed over beards these days it's not a big deal a few reasons actually so that's one number two there is a role i'm up for where i'd have to shave my beard off and it's a role i really fucking want so i'm gagging to do that and number three i think it'd be really cool for just to it'd be it it'd be a cool and important point in my hopefully career as an actor because it'll be there will be that, although I'm always trying to have a mental transition and trans and transformation in every role. So far, I've got stuff that isn't too far away from me. It's a variation of Scroobius Pip, so it, it's going to be cool. And it's it's one of the things that Tom Hardy told me when we had a little road tr- a trip a while ago. He was going, "You need at some point." He said, "It's important." to get some roles where it's a real transformation where you're playing where either your your look is changing hugely or your accent is changing hugely and he was saying and again he's a prime example he's been he's been muscly he's been skinny he's been fat he's been thin he's been slick he's been rough he's you know and it's why he's respected as an actor and not just as a celebrity um so yeah i'm 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 bang on for for, 
for shaving off my beard um, and changing things up. It's only a beard, dude. It's not a big deal. I'm also up for cutting my nails um, and washing my hair um, and cutting my hair. Right. Um, there's another one that's asked if Chris and Stu changed since podcast fame. Yes, they're pricks. Are you likely to tour as yourself again? If I do ever tour again, as I was saying, it's going to be the Scroobius Pips solo, um, and it's going to be with new material. My plan is at some point to write a new record that is the best the best record I've ever written. Otherwise, I don't particularly want to release anything. So a new record that's the best, the best record I've ever written, and tour that whilst doing the s- singles, probably, or favourite songs off of the Distraction Pieces album. And maybe some 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 spoken word bits here or there. I wouldn't be mad keen to do Lasat versus Pip stuff because me and Dan have done our gigs and we we put that to bed. There's certain bits, obviously, are things like I I let from God to Man, for example, that started as a spoken word piece or angles. Some there might be somewhere I'd I'd work them in as spoken word pieces, or if a little line works here or there, I'd I'd figure something out. But yeah, that would be the plan. Stephen, do you like pandas? Fucking love them. Um, Oscar, top five pizza toppings. Now, pizza is similar to what I was saying in the last episode about burgers. I believe, and as is the Italian way, simplicity is the key. Um, the American way is meatballs. Let's put hot dogs on it. Let's do this, do that. And that's a lot of fun. I'm not against that. I'll have that sometimes. But my my perfection and favourite pizza and the pizza I have the most is cheese and ham. And that sounds incredibly boring, but... In general, you should have good cheese and one topping is 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 often the Italian way, or good cheese and one or two toppings. Um, so yeah, I've not got a top five. Right, I'm gonna wrap things up now because we've got to the end. I've cried a little bit. <laughs> I've confessed that I regularly lay in bed fantasizing about killing someone. Here's a good one to end on. <laughs> After that, Jordan, Pip. How does it feel to be a role model? Is there pressure? You seem to handle it well. Well, evidently, um, the reason I may handle it well is the fact that I don't see myself as a role model in any way and I don't take any pressure to live up to any standard in any way. Um, I just, I do me. I do me if I'm crying on a podcast and telling people (laughs) that part of the reason for my insomnia is regularly... Lying awake, imagining countless scenarios in which I'm beating someone to within an inch of their life and getting away with it. Um, And then also thinking in detail about if I go to prison for it and things like that and deciding, yeah, no, in this situation, I'd allow that. That's worth it. Morally, I feel it's the right choice. Um, (laughs) Fuck this. Part two of this went weird, didn't it? Part one was quite cheery and normal, and part two, you know, when we did the Christmas drunk cast and Ramesh was all like, "Well, you've ended my career now." Um, this feels a bit like that, but yeah, no. I, all joking aside, I don't, I don't see myself as a role model f- for anyone. I struggle to to be a role model for myself, and I'm a big, big believer as well that what's right for one person isn't necessarily right for everyone. It's it's why I don't try and preach too much. It's why I don't. There's a few questions on there that were political and I didn't touch them. And I used to talk politics all the time because at that point I believed I had the answers and I had it figured out. 
and I needed to let everyone know. And I needed, I needed to make sure they were aware that I'd got it all figured out. And here's the answers. But at this point in my life, I feel politically, for example, I've got it all figured out and I know all the answers, but specifically for me, I know my politics. I know what's right for me. Um, what's right for me or what's a priority for me I might not be for the same as what's right for a single mum raising three kids on the breadline it might not be what's right for billionaire business owner who's got these margins and this pressure and so on and so forth I think it's all individual so yeah I don't go on about that stuff too much but that's what I think on 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 the role model front um I do my best to be a role model for myself and I fail at that sometimes. There's points I look and go, man, you could have been you could have been better there. Or there's also points where I look and think you could have been more of a shit there. Like legit, hundred percent. I've had <laughs> I've had a couple of points recently where I had a chance to be a real piece of shit and my morals kicked in and I didn't. And then in hindsight I was like it's not like you would have been that much of a piece of shit and it would have been kind of fun to be a piece of shit for a little bit in that situation. And make no mistake, I'm a piece of shit on the regular. But yeah, this is another weird ending to the podcast. Um, uh, Let me think, let me think, let me think. I think that's everything. There's a load more questions, but I've answered the bulk of them. So I think that's good. The most important one I think was do you like pandas? And the answer is yes. When we went, when we were on the speech development tour, I'm, I was the driver. I wasn't actually performing. I did a few little bits. I did a little bit of spoken word and DJ, but I was mainly the driver and tour manager. And I scheduled a stop, um, at the zoo in Edinburgh to go and see the pandas. Um, and I bought a little cuddly toy that you strap onto your seatbelt so that there's just a little panda sleeping on your shoulder. Because I had a lot of driving to do and a lot of night drives with a War and Peace and with B. Dolan and with Natasha Fox all asleep in the back. So I just had, had my little panda cuddling me, sleeping on my shoulder, and I was a happy, happy boy. Um, so yeah, thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry it got a bit weird. Next week, there is <laughs> there is a, a Huey Morgan. That's a great episode, man. A Huey is one of my favourite people, and he's got some amazing stories to tell. And also, the episode I did with him is an emotional one, so that's worth a listen. Um, and then Andrew Beef Johnston. So thank you for tuning in. This has been the Distraction Pieces podcast. Ask Pip. You only have yourselves to blame. You've been listening to Scrooge Pit's Discretion Pieces.